Welcome to the Aging Confidently Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Karen Weaver, your host, and today's guest is Becky Watson, who owns a yoga therapy practice. And we're going to be talking about empty nesting today. I told Becky that we probably should have a, a box of Kleenex on our table today. <laughs> you never know when we're talking about empty nesting. But um, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and, and talk with us today about empty nesting. I would love, before we get kind of into the meat of the subject, kind of how you got to become a yoga therapist, kind of the path that led you there, and really what led you also to specializing in coaching for empty nesting. Yeah. So I started out as just a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I had been doing yoga classes while my kids were in school. I worked around their schedule, um, and I was teaching sometimes 15 classes a week, which was a lot. Yeah. And I was... I knew that my kids were leaving, and I was like, I can't keep teaching this many classes. My body is just not going to let me do it. Mm-hmm. And, but I thought, I don't want to give up yoga. I want something related, something that will still incorporate this. And that's what led me to yoga therapy. Um, the, I still get to use yoga in my therapy practice, but it's not so as intensive on my body. Mm-hmm. And um, it's still something that I can combine the two with. Um, but... The way it were, what happened was, as my kids, my daughter left at 16, both of my kids left home early. Mm-hmm. So my nest emptied early. <laughs> and when the first one left at 16, I was like, oh, wait, the other one doesn't have long hair either. So what am I going to do? And, and it was at that same time I was exploring what to do. I was, and I was checking out the yoga, different yoga therapy schools that I could train with. And it just has kind of snowballed from there. Um, as the second one left, I was finishing up my training and um, was trying to figure out what group that I wanted to work with most. And I kept noticing I was working with a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of women who were similar in age to me. And they were also going through, it was either retirement or empty nest or some other big life transition sure. like that. Mm-hmm. So I just took what I knew and what I learned through the therapy training and what had helped me get through this transition e- much more easily. Because I was like so many other moms. I was like, oh my gosh, I spent all of my last 20 years mm-hmm. on my kids. Mm-hmm. I have revolved everything around them. What am I? Who am I? What do I want to do? Right, <laughs> so sure. This was all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so as I took what helped me and just naturally worked with the women who were coming to me. That's how I've started to specialize with the empty nesters. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you end up resonating with a certain you person, and, and that's when you get your niche, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what is yoga therapy? Like, how do you, because I know I've been to your space, and it's mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a small room. It's not a big yoga type studio. Mm-hmm. So do you usually work one-on-one or two? How does that typically work? I, I have different ways of working with people. Mm-hmm. I do one-on-ones, but I also do small groups. Mm-hmm. And it's the groups that i um, working more with empty nesters than the one-on-ones lately. Um, the, one-on- well, the one-on-ones and the groups, they both um, help you figure out what's going on, help you listen to your body, just approach things differently. Um, one-on-one gets to be more focused on just one person, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yoga therapy, the there are many different branches of yoga therapy. The one that I've trained with through Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy, they um, are all about the mind-body connection. What's happening in your body is happening in your life. What's mm-hmm. happening in your life is showing up in your body. Mm-hmm. And so I help you bridge those connections, You know, those aches that you have 
that you just can't quite explain. Mm -hmm. The doctor's like, you're fine. It's all in your head. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe. Part of it. <laughs> but maybe not. Right. Maybe well, actually if it is in our head, like it says, it, in like the body. Said, a lot of times manifests yeah. in the body. So there's emotions that get stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, the 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 grief, the loneliness, yeah. the you know, they get stuck in the body and start acting up. Sure. Basically. Yeah. So I help people understand what it is that's going on and when they do, then they can process it mm -hmm. and move forward, make those plans, you know, decide what their next steps are going to be. Um, and as far as with empty nesting goes, you know, it all the past for most women it's twenty years, eighteen, twenty years, mm -hmm. it's all just dumped into the body, all the anxiety, all the grief mm -hmm. of raising a kid, you have kids, you yeah. know, these things that, you know, happen, yeah. you know, the, it's not always a pleasant road. Mm -hmm. It all gets dumped in the body yeah. and then the child leaves and that gets dumped in the body as well. It's so. a whole nother level of letting go of control. Yes. You know, I think as a mom, um, especially and dads too, but I don't know why I feel like moms hold a even greater you know, all-encompassing role, especially emotionally, you know, when your kids are going through something, you go through it too, basically. Um, but it's, you, you can let that fear overcome you and it yeah. does build up. You do have to, and then as they start driving and then going yeah. off to college, I mean, there's that lack of, con less control, less control, no control, <laughs> like no idea. But, um, you know, I had titled this episode, The Heart and the Head of Empty Nesting, because I've only, I've gone through it once. So I have a sophomore in college and then a senior in high school. So another one about to graduate and go off and then a sophomore in high school. So two, I mean, two years is the blink of an eye and I yeah. will have an empty nest. Um, so I've only gone through it once with the first one uh, going off to college. And, you know, the heart and the head piece of it is that your your head tells you this is exactly what's supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. happening. You guys did a great job because they're on their own. They're transitioning well to college. Why does my heart hurt so bad? Yeah. And um, I actually remember laying in bed one night before Ryan went off to college thinking my family will never be the same. Yeah. Forever. It yeah. will never be the same. And I got really, really, um, really sad. And and I'm just sharing these things, too, for friends who or, or listeners who, you know, haven't gone through it. I think it hits everybody in a different way. And I mm -hmm. definitely want to um, come to you for, you know, tips and input. But from a personal perspective, uh, I, I shared this story with you the other day. Th little things like the first night that Ryan was away to college and we cooked dinner and um, we went. I went to go reach for the dinner plates and I went for five dinner plates. Yeah. But then, you know. I had to grab four, and it was just that little bit of a gosh yeah. in my heart. Um, and then the only thing, other thing I'll share about it, because this took me way by surprise. We moved Ryan in. I pulled away, not a tear, was so happy for him because he was going to Clemson, and my husband and I went to Clemson, and we felt like we were just at Clemson. <laughs> like, how do we have a kid going to Clemson? <laughs> but um, it was not until probably month two that I... I came home one day. I don't even know what happened, but I came home one day and cried to the point where I felt like I, you talk about grief. Mm -hmm. It was that kind of cry, that guttural, like somebody had died. Yeah. But I cried probably for two hours, that just ugly, ugly cry. And I was so glad I was by myself. And I didn't have to go see clients that particular time because I was like, <laughs> this is a mess. This is a hot mess. And um, But after that cry, it it all resolved itself. I felt this peace. It was like my body just had to release this mm -hmm. immense grief that I don't even think I realized I had. Yeah. And the littlest thing set it off. So 
I think it manifests probably different for different people, but that's how it did for me with yeah. the first one going off to college. So what do you see when people come in to you to talk to you about what are the range of emotions? What are some different stories you've heard from people? It's been everything from let's party. Yeah. <laughs> that's, probably the, my, that's probably the last, last. We're like, yeah, my job is done. Right. Woo, right. Yeah, I did it to I'm going to call them every hour. Oh. I'm still, you know, I'm still grasping on. I can't let go. And and then all this range in between, you know. I'm, I'm okay with dropping them off. Oh, but wait, aren't they coming home on the weekend? Right. And I still want them here. I want to hold them here. I want to hug them. I want. And so it's it's been this huge range when I've talked to women. And what also fascinates me is how many, for some, they hit this, right away mm -hmm. and for some it's delayed yeah and for some you know it could be a year two years down the road they're still dealing with this yeah. mm -hmm. you know they've not gone past it they're still in this limbo of what do i do who am i where you know where am i going mm -hmm. so it's i'm seeing all this huge range and i was telling you the other day it breaks my heart to see these women stuck in this limbo for so long they've you know spent 18 20 more years mm -hmm. as full-time mom and then the job shifts, and they're like, who took my job? Mm -hmm. uh, I was good at it. Right. Who took my job? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so they're just lost. Yeah. They're scared. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. And, you know, again, it's for some women, they can move through it. And for some, um, it just, they get stuck. Mm -hmm. Really get stuck. So, what are some tips that you offer people who do come um, to? I know you're offering a four-week online program. Mm -hmm. This might be a good chance to even just talk a little bit about it, and then if you want to dive into maybe just some highlights of that program, of some tips that people could take away um, from it. Yeah, I'm starting February 3rd, so next Monday. Mm -hmm. It's called Empty Nest Essentials. It's just a chance to get to know yourself again or at least begin the process. It's like so many things. It's a process. Yeah. It's a journey, and it won't be an overnight fix. But just starting that process of getting to know who you are right now, because you are not the same person who had those kids. You are not the same person who graduated high school. You are in a totally different place now. So getting to know who you are, what you want, and what you want to do with it is a huge part of the transformation. And that's where we're going to start is just what, practicing awareness again. What's going on in my life right now? Mm -hmm. What's working? What's not working? Mm -hmm. What do I want to shift? Even if you don't know what you want to shift to, just beginning that process and that's where we'll start next week mm -hmm. is just with that awareness basically and then we'll move into okay you've you know what's working what's not working how do you start designing your day so things are flowing better even if it's just um, cooking dinner differently or you know changing your routine sleeping a little later you don't have to get them to school maybe anymore you get those extra 15 minutes of sleep or whatever it is but just designing your day so that it works more around what you want right now and then we'll start to explore um hobbies mm -hmm. jobs maybe you want to start a business what passion did you put on hold to raise your kids you know what Maybe you like skydiving. I don't know. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. what have you put on hold? Kind of start dreaming again. Yes, yeah. start mm -hmm. dreaming again mm -hmm. and exploring those dreams. Is it something that you still want? Is there something you wanted 
20 years ago that you're like, no, not so much anymore. I've shifted. I Mm -hmm. want to do something differently. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women do start businesses Mm -hmm. in this period. They've got time now. They can pursue that passion. So we'll start to explore that. And then the last week is all about where do you go? What steps do you start with? Mm -hmm. We're not going to solve everything in a month, but we're going to start you going in a direction so that you have some steps to take. And the way the program works, you can do it like over and over. Mm -hmm. So that as you make one shift, then you can start the next shift mm-hmm. and start the next one and just keep designing things so it works really well for you. So it's a tool you can just go back to mm-hmm. time and again. Yeah. Um, are there things that people can start doing now? You know, let's just, I'll just use my stage of life for an example, mm-hmm. you know, where you've got one out or almost out and you definitely see it coming down the pike. What can people start doing now that, to, I don't want to say that prepare them, I guess, or just to be aware of what are some tips that people can start thinking about? You just said it. Awareness. Just awareness. <laughs> awareness. It's all, it always comes back to awareness, it doesn't does. it? And mindfulness. You cannot make shifts if you aren't aware where you are right now. Okay. So that's my first recommendation is just notice mm-hmm. what's happening. So I recommend to women to do little awareness breaks throughout the day. You can set a reminder on your phone. And it doesn't take long. It's 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Just stop what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Notice, you know, are you happy? Are you tired? Are you outside? Are you inside? You know, what's going on right now? What's happening to you? Is the wind blowing? Is, you know, what emotions are happening right now? And don't have to change a thing. Just be aware. And just do that several times throughout the day. And that starts laying the foundation of what's happening right now. Then you can start the shifts. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. interesting. I, I guess, too, once you become more aware, you can start to take a mental note or even write it down. Do you do any journaling in your mm-hmm. program? Definitely. Yeah, writing down kind of what are those things that are bringing me bringing me joy and the yeah. ones that are zapping my energy and wishing I didn't have to do. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of that you kind of, you know, help help people with that? Being proactive piece of it. Mm -hmm. One of the other um, things that I always recommend for women is to start, and it goes along with the awareness, Mm -hmm. um, is to start writing down what's true for you. Mm -hmm. Um, As I explain to them, some truths stay with you your whole life. Um, Maybe you like chocolate and you will always like chocolate. Mm -hmm. That's always true for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But your truth has shifted. If your child has just left, you are no longer a full-time mom. Your child is not living at home so now your truth is my nest is empty or emptier than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that truth has shifted. So just um, writing down, I give that out as an assignment frequently. Mm-hmm. Write down what are your truths right now. My house no longer fits me. I don't need all this space. Um, I really want to start a business. Mm-hmm. I really want to go back to school. I really want, you know, what are, what is true for you right now? Mm-hmm. And again, that starts helping you decide what shifts to take Mm -hmm. and move you in that direction. Do you think there are a lot of people who are unhappy that use their kids to, and the busyness of the kids to Mm -hmm. distract, distract, distract? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do people get divorced? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just wonder, because you know, when you have kids at the center, I, what do you, what do you, um, and not advise or what's, what's your, Mm strategies for helping couples kind of stay connected, you know, so that when those kids do go off, um, is there a reconnection strategy? I haven't gotten into one, (laughs) but I have heard that from many women that they um, spent so much time 
co-parenting, mm-hmm. you know, making sure one picked up and one dropped off the child, that they forgot to be husband wife. Mm-hmm. And so now it's in get to know each other period again. And some mm-hmm. do decide we don't want to be together anymore. Mm-hmm. And some are like, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> 20 something years ago. Yeah. 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 So you do see women that come in that just have been pushing down sadness. I don't even, I, not even the marriage piece of it, but just other, you know, life stuff yeah. because of the business, busyness. Yeah. Yeah. What have you seen that are some things that people have come to you with? Well, it could um, be sadness around their own health. Mm. It could be sadness around a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Health is a big one, though, because so many moms have been cooking for their children. Mm -hmm. They've not been exercising. They've put off going to the doctor. They've put off taking care of themselves in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So I've talked to several, like, I just want to take care of myself again. Okay. So putting themselves first, finally, when they haven't been all those Mm -hmm. years. Interesting. Yeah. So we talked a little bit the other day when we were talking about the the episode, how, um, you know, as moms, we have all these very valuable skills that we accumulate over the years and valuable experience. How do you um, advise women to transition using those mom skills to work skills? What are some practical tips there? Um, It comes down to what do you still want to use? What, you know, again, it goes back to the truth. What how do you want to use these skills? Um, they are a lot of skills that we've developed, you know, between the coordinating, the learning how to keep someone alive, learning how to, you know, it's, it's a huge one. Yeah. Um, but, they, you know, you think about all these skills that we've picked up and we've mastered so many of us and then all of a sudden we don't need them. So really my goal is for you not necessarily to use them in the same way, but just to be able to use them to contribute again mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. to contribute still Yeah. instead of just letting them kind of, I don't know fade away. Yeah. In a way. So Mm -hmm. really my goal is for women to come out of the empty nest period or the morning in the empty nest period and use those skills in a way that works for them. Mm -hmm. And whether it is starting a business, whether it is volunteering or, you know, maybe it's, I really can't tell you what it is. It's everyone's different. Right. Um, But just using those skills in a way that works for them so they can keep contributing because when they contribute to society, they feel so much better about themselves. Yeah. 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 You know, being a parent too, I think a lot of um, women especially do a lot of volunteering. So whether it's PTA or in the community, probably probably most of it's PTA when the kids are growing up. And, you know, if you've done leadership, you've, you have managed budgets, you've managed teams. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can um, take into the workplace. Do you see women, because of course they have to develop a, well, most people, a resume, you know, if they want to go out. Do you see women kind of incorporating those skills into their resumes to get it ready to kind of go back out if that's something they want to do? I can see them. It's not something we've talked about specifically um, because I don't help them actually find jobs. Um, But... Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's I've talked with one woman who's who's like, well, what can I do? And okay, what have you done? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What? Because take myself. I have a master's degree. Mm-hmm. 20 years old. I'm like, it's worthless. You can't use a 20-year-old master's degree you've never used before. <laughs> so what can I do? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, okay, I know yoga, and I can evolve it into the yoga therapy mm-hmm. and start a business that way. So what skills have you used since maybe you graduated college? Even if you didn't use that degree, what skills have you used, mm-hmm. and how do you develop them? Mm-hmm. 
What was your master's in? Public administration. Okay. You know, it's funny. I don't know many people who, once they get into their 40s and are looking for that next, you know, step, that next job or business or career or whatever, um, that do what we went to school for. (laughs) Um, Unless you're a doctor or a lawyer, you know, something very specific. But, you know, I always say it doesn't matter if it was, you know, I came out of school working for Anderson Consulting that's Accenture now, corporate America, and then did a ton of PTA stuff. But it doesn't matter what the jobs are, everything builds. You can always use something you've learned from yes. those past experiences. Yes. So that's why I tell my kids too, just go get a degree. You don't have to know exactly. Yeah. Well, you got to be able to earn money and not live in my basement. That's <laughs> yes. like the bottom. <laughs> nest is staying empty. That's right. The nest <laughs> is staying empty. And I make that very clear. Um, but that's for them too. You know, I don't want right. to create a home that they feel like they can come back to over and over and over again. I told my oldest, like, we are not your plan B. We're not. <laughs> so figure out your plan A and work it. And yeah. and really giving them that empowerment for um, the decisions you're making right now affect your opportunities. Mm-hmm. I've gone to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a master's degree too. I went to grad school. I, yeah. I've done that. I've lived all that stuff. It, what you are doing doesn't affect me. It affects you. And as a mom to really, it's very free actually, just mm-hmm. cut that cord and say, you are an adult now. Um, and not, not just Ryan, but my high schoolers too, you know, the decisions you're making, the amounts you're studying, the grades you're getting really doesn't affect me. Yeah. It absolutely affects you and the opportunities you will have going forward of what schools you get into or jobs you get down the road. So, um, I don't know. I just think it, it's a mind shift mentality too. It's a mom for me, that caregiver, caregiver to then kind of a coach yeah. guide. That's the way I talk to, I tell my moms. So you've gone from a full time mom mm-hmm. to an on call mentor. Mm-hmm. You're there to help guide them once they've left the nest. But if you're doing it right, you're not every hour checking in with them. You know, you're letting them come to you right. with the issues. Mom, how do I pay this bill? How do I, you know, they're letting, they're coming to you. Right. And that's really what you want. You yeah. don't want to be micromanaging them once they're 30. No. <laughs> no. I'd like to go do all those things on that list we're talking about. Right. <laughs> on my awareness list. <laughs> um, but it's for them. It's all for their benefit. It really is. But you have to find something as a mom. You have to find something else that fulfills you. You cannot yes. look to your kids' accomplishments yes. and what they're doing and feeling needed by them to fulfill you. Because yeah. that's just not, it's not healthy and it's not good for anybody. Them especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked with one mom recently. She was telling me how she had you know, been to every one of her kids' performances, mm-hmm. whether it was on stage or if it was a, a, a game that they were playing in. She'd been to every one of them. She's like, well, what am I going to do that people will come to see me now? Mm. She was. I said, well, maybe are you going to be on stage? She's like, oh, no, not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, that's the way she was looking at what is going to make, be my sport mm-hmm. that – the kids can come support me in now. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's a really good way to look at it. How do you flip it mm-hmm. so that they actually want to see you right. succeed? Mm-hmm. Not just see you, but see you succeed right. at something. Yeah, that's really yeah. neat. I think a lot of that goes back to family culture, too, mm-hmm. just building that along the way, celebrating successes. And did she figure it out? Did she figure no, out what? she's still exploring. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while. It but it's not been that long since I talked to yeah, her. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the fun thing about life in general is that nothing's permanent. You right. know, you just try something, and if you don't like it, 
don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about what people are going to think of you or judge you or whatever, because, you know, I think a lot of women or people just don't do anything. You just get stuck and don't do anything. Mm -hmm. So just taking those brave little steps towards something is enough to celebrate in itself. And that not doing anything is where they get stuck. Yes. For 10 years, I've talked to some and I'm like, oh, come on, let's go do something. Right. Anything. (laughs) Make one little shift Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. That paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of women in particular can get caught on that perfection train where if I can't get it just right, if I don't know exactly how this is going to play out, then they just won't do it. And that's kind of a mom thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. Because, you know, we wanted to get those kids to 18 mm-hmm. and get them out of the house, you know, still alive, still functioning, right. still, you know. And so we had to be almost, not perfect, but doing things really well, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think that's kind of the control we've, we've had over the kids for so long, mm-hmm. letting that control go. And then it kind of turns inward. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we control the same things in ourselves? Oh, I can't. Oh, now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would think it would be easier, the empty nesting would be easier if you could be very aware, even when they're in middle and high school, and start that letting go of control intentionally. Like yeah. when my kids hit eighth grade, ninth grade, I, didn't, I don't check their grades anymore. I don't go on, you know, it's power school or backpack, whatever it's called. I don't do that because, again, their consequences are their own. So yeah. it's just those little bits of um, letting go. And then when they're driving, I mean... Gosh, that's... You can't be in the back seat. No, no. Yeah. You can't control what they're eating. Mm -hmm. Not that, you know, they're teenagers. They can go eat what they want. But you just hope that they remember, yeah, your stomach hurts and you feel like crap. Well, cookout might not be the best (laughs) option, I'm just saying. Your face is all broken out with acne. Yeah, you might want to look at what you're putting in your body. But um, but that's awareness for them. It right? is. And it's a choice. It's a choice for them. They want to clear things up. They can change their their lifestyle a little bit. But... um, Anyway, just kind of being intentional. I'm all about being intentional and and the awareness piece of it. And just and I know it's so hard. It's so it hard because it's so it hard when you see them make the mistakes that you know they're going to mm-hmm. make. I think it's so. What I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, the hardest thing about letting your kids go to college is you remember what you did in college. Yeah. And you thank the good Lord that you made it out because there's. I mean, I think all of us probably have two or three instances where we look back and thought. That could have been different. That could have turned out differently, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when our kids go off, you're like, they, our kids are not perfect. They're going to do the same stuff we did. Hopefully not. Hopefully not as bad. My husband, I tell him stories. He's like, yeah, Karen. I was like, I know, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe your goodness will outweigh my my rebelliousness. But um, but you just you just hope for the best. You know, you just you really do. do have to to hope for the best. Do you find that women who have been in the workforce uh, while their kids are growing up, do they find empty nesting easier because they still have a distraction, or do they do they still go through something and, and may pivot to something else? It's more the second. They still are going. The ones I work with are yeah. still are going through that loss, that still, confusion. Yeah. They, yeah, they still have their job, mm-hmm. but. I've talked to some, they're like, I don't really want to work there anymore. Mm -hmm. I work there because it fit with what was happening in my life, and I don't really want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. One lady was like, I don't have to have the same health care benefits because my child is off of my plan now. I don't want to work at that company anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's just just being aware Mm -hmm. that, oh, this is not working. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so they're still shifting. They're still shifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I I would think that. I would think there's Mm – I don't think you escape it. I think you get that midlife thing is a real thing. And I, and I, 
even if you're not aware, you know, that it's creeping in, I do think it's a real thing. Just reassessing because you have time. That's really what it is too. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's the time thing. Um, just having the space mm -hmm. and being able to do something different right. for some is scary, mm -hmm. but for others they are just embracing it. They're like, Oh, finally. Yeah. It's, it's my time again. Yeah. They still have to figure out what to do with it, but they're like, Oh, I've got time. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I see obviously a lot of women in my aesthetics practice and it's probably 50, 50, you know, it's probably there's 50% that, that do go through that morning. And mm -hmm. well, and I love talking to my, my like 60 year olds. Cause it's like, Oh, it's the best time of my life, you know? Yeah, so I think yeah. they've moved through yeah. the morning and they're doing what they want to do and, um, and they are just loving life. I saw yeah. some study the other day that um, the happiest age group right now, do you know what it is? 70. Really? Yes, like the happiest <laughs> age, uh, age is 70-year-olds. They report to be the happiest. I'm like, well, yes. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We're looking forward to it. Um, I remember listening to Focus on the Family years ago. I think it was probably eight years ago. My kids were all still really young, and um, they were talking about empty nesting. It was The whole episode was empty nesting, and they had some experts on, and they said one thing that we have found to be so helpful is when that last kid goes off to college, immediately have a big trip planned. Like, so she'll tell her people – it could be Europe, it could be whatever, but you drop that kid off and you go to the airport and you yeah. go make these new memories instead of coming back to this very quiet house, um, which I thought was a kind of a yeah. really neat something to do, especially if travel is your thing on your list. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can see that really working, just to helping to make that break. Yeah. Yeah. You're still going to come back to, oh, they're not home. Right. But it still helps to make that break yeah. and that shift. Started. And don't you feel like, too, anticipation of something fun like that mm -hmm. always eases any kind of pain or Definitely. transition? You know, um, I think there was a study that said the anticipation of the vacation sometimes outweighs the, the joy of the vacation. <laughs> I've heard that. It's yeah. the planning. Because pl yeah. you have possibility. Right. Right. You can do all these different things. Mm -hmm. It's like if someone gives you, you know, $3,000 mm -hmm. and you're like, I could spend it on this or I could spend it on that. Right. And then once you spend it, you're like, oh, no. well, nothing more to look forward to there. <laughs> right. It's gone. So maybe we can use that mindset with empty nesting of that anticipation of even when you're not an empty nester to do the journaling and write down what are the things I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to? What are the things yeah. I can look forward to doing like Going up to Chicago, meeting my best friend yeah. at the moment's notice, you know, yeah. without having to worry about who needs to get where. Um, it could be anything for anybody, but start that list. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at it before your kids leave, mm -hmm. you have that chance. Yeah. And if you're if they've already left and you've not moved in that direction, you're still opening up the possibilities. Yeah. So whether your kids have left or not, there's a little bit different approach to how you want to deal with it, but... Mm -hmm. Both ways, it's seeing the possibilities yeah. instead of seeing the negatives, yeah. seeing what can happen. I think yeah. that it takes the pressure off our kids, too, because they see yes. mom still has a life, you uh -huh. know, because they carry a lot of what sadness that they see us mm -hmm. experiencing, I think. They don't want to be the reason for it, you know? So if right. I'm crying, I'm always telling my kids, like, oh, I'm really happy. <laughs> These are tears of, like, really, I'm happy. Um but they don't want you to be sad, and they don't no. want to be the reason you're sad. Yeah. So just try and keep it together. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to the one who wanted her kids to come back and support her. Yeah, right. They want to see you thriving. They want mm -hmm. to see you having fun in life, yeah. not you know calling them and crying. Mm -hmm. Well, I miss you, and you know that's not helping anybody. No. 
but no. thriving right. will help both of you. If you're yeah. calling your kid and crying, go ahead and get on over to Betsy, BeckyWatsonYoga.com <laughs> and sign up for that online. We'll talk about where to go for real, but um, for sign up for that online yeah. course. Um, oh, what was I going to say about – oh, shoot. Anyway, I can't remember. It was, it was about that um, – the letting go and not putting that responsibility on our kids. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. So anything else you can think of that you want to share? Just tips or tricks or things you've learned along the way? Things I've learned along the way is to let go. Mm-hmm. Let them live their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about letting them have their own consequences. When the big decisions are coming up in my kid's life, I, I love being able to step back and say, oh, I'll, I'll counsel you, mm-hmm. but... It's your decision. You yeah. have to live with what it. What do you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I even try to not tell them what to do as mm-hmm. much as possible mm-hmm. because it's they need to make the decision. I don't want them mad at me. Right. For good or for bad. Right. None right. of us make everything 100% correct decisions. Yeah. The yeah. sooner they realize that, that's probably a good yeah. A great life skill. Yeah. So beginning that let go process, just like you said early, Mm -hmm. can really help um, with the transition. But on the flip side, it's just getting to know yourself again Mm -hmm. uh, because you're not who you were 10, 20 years ago. What do you want? What, you know, is going to make life fun again? Right. What is going to make you smile and Mm -hmm. want to get out of bed in the morning? Um, Just get to know yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And by doing that too, you solidify such a great relationship with your kids to create a place that they do want to come back to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah. feel like it's 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 joy. It's it's you know yeah. a place I want to come back. And it, and yeah. I'm sure. When do you see that relationship changing from? Um, I mean, I think we're always kind of there that mentor guide, but where it truly does become more of a friendship. Somewhere with my kids, mm-hmm. it's well, with my daughter especially, um, she's in grad school now. It was maybe the second or third year of college. Okay. She started thinking I made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do know what you're talking about. Shocking. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so my son is only a freshman. <laughs> right. He's been at, but this is his third year out because he, he left at 16 too to go to um, governor school yep. here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's his third year out. So he's starting that process mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, and they're all yeah. di- oh, they all mature at different they rates do. for sure. They My do. oldest for sure is the m- more um, less worldly. I'll say, you know what yeah. I mean. Like yeah. it's taken him some time to get that common sense, and and you can't tell him anything, so he's just got to. The hard knocks of life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But that's the best way to learn. You, know, you can tell him, you tell him. My husband yeah. has a saying, I can tell you that stove's hot, but until you touch it, you don't believe me. That's and right. And we had several instances of that with our kids of trying to coach them the right way, yeah. you know, to do, um, to make this certain decision and chose not to. And so yeah. they touched the stove, but, you know. That, that's just life. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you if they're interested in doing your online course or mm-hmm. if they're in Greenville, South Carolina, and would like to talk to you about doing any yoga therapy. Um, how can people find you? Yeah, BeckyWatsonYoga.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want the program, it's um, out in the uh, forward slash Empty Nest Essentials. But just from the homepage, you can link to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's BeckyWatsonYoga.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a Facebook page, Becky Watson Yoga Therapy. You can find me there. Okay. Great, great. Yeah, yeah. So to, to finish out, you know, I always like to ask last question, which is, what does aging confidently mean to you? To me, it means knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. It means knowing what you want, how you want to do it um, so that you can live it be, and be truthful with yourself, be honest with yourself. Uh, because when you live that way, then you are more confident. Mm-hmm. 
you have that center yeah. to act from. And yeah. be vulnerable, right? I mean, yes. these are not easy. Yeah. When you're coming to some real realizations, I sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're really getting down to it, it can cause a whole nother level of tears and some grief yeah. and, you know, um, but just give yourself grace too. Don't you yeah. think to work through that? And Definitely. There's mm -hmm. always layers. Mm -hmm. What we think is the top, you know, the real reason is usually something two, three layers right. under that we still need to address. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. Sometimes yeah. we're so hard on ourselves. Like, why can't we just get it right now? Why can't we just figure this yeah. out now? And yeah. just not, might not be the right time to figure it out. You just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just take away the first layer yeah. and see where it takes you. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you do a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And then if, and if yeah. that's not what you thought it was going to be, pivot and try something Try else. again. Yeah, that's great. Becky, yeah. thank you so much for being here. This has been oh, so much fun. And we didn't you. even need any tissues. I know, we did I always thought I was going to at the very beginning <laughs> when I was talking about Ryan. But, um, you know, yeah. it's all good things. Oh. I think of that, you know, Olaf, all good things, all good things. Like, I, that's my mantra. It's all, <laughs> all good, good things. things. <laughs> even when it hurts our hearts, it's all good things. Yeah. And it's what, what we really want for them if we can maybe put the focus on them like we always have as a mom but on the focus of what's best for them what's best for them is for us to be healthy with our dealing with them leaving yeah mm -hmm. our hearts our emotions yeah. our feelings right. our, our, our thoughts everything yeah. Yeah. it's a great parting gift for them for sure Definitely. and we're always here so yeah anyway well thank you so much everybody for listening i hope you've learned something today that is helpful to you if so please share this podcast with your friends so we can grow our aging confidently tribe please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts to keep us relevant and join us every second and fourth tuesday of the month right here on our aging confidently facebook page at 10 a.m eastern standard time if you do have any questions for becky feel free um once this go posting goes um this video is posted feel free to leave any questions for becky she'd love to come on there and um, answer them for you so just remember we are all beautiful and have so much to offer this world especially when we can come from a place of gratitude and confidence so let's age confidently together and turn the so-called midlife crisis into a midlife inspiration see you next time baby how you feeling <laughs>